You're listening to Undertelly with Oleg Novak, infiltrating the murky underworld of Aussie TV. Some of you diehard Aussie TV fans might remember this theme tune. Our special guest this week headed up the writing team on Stingers during the latter part of its eight-season run. She then moved on to lead the writing team on Sea Patrol, and that's on top of an already very long list of writing credits from the likes of Heartbreak High to All Saints to the Dr. Blake Mysteries. Today, Marcia Gardner is the script producer on Wentworth, which many critics tout as one of the best dramas in the world right now. I was lucky enough to catch up with Marcia to chat about how TV dramas are written in Australia, how that compares to America, the role of the script producer, and also what the future holds for Aussie TV writers. We started our chat by talking about different approaches to writing for TV shows, specifically what's called the writer's room. Marcia, can you define what's known as the writer's room approach to writing a TV show? What's normally referred to as a writer's room is where a group of writers get together and they brainstorm the entire show, they brainstorm each and every episode together as a team as opposed to a freelancer writer system where people would come in individually and simply work on their own episodes with, for example, a script producer. And how does that compare to how a traditional Australian drama would have been written previously. Can you take us through how that would have worked? Yeah, so traditionally you would have quite a large slate of writers, maybe as many as 12 or 15 people, that would come in for individual episodes. So the script producer would run the writer's room or the would run the room and the individual writer would come in and they would plot their episode with the script producer and then they would go away and write that episode and then the following week the next writer of the next episode would come in. And so the individual writers didn't have very much contact at all with each other. Everything was done through the script producer and possibly script editors who worked in-house as well. Okay, so what do you see as the main advantages of the writer's room model? There are several. I think that it gives writers more creative ownership of the material. They feel like they're much more involved in the show that they're creating as opposed to coming in and just being given a story that they have to go away and make work. So they're actually integrally involved in the creation of the of the storylines for the season, for the characters, all the guest cast, all that stuff. So they feel much more ownership of the material, and therefore I think you get much better work from people because they have they're invested in it. They're invested in the success of the show because they feel like they're really integrally a part of it. And I imagine the continuity would be much better as well because the writers Correct. are there for everything. Correct. So everyone is across everything. So there's no problems with continuity about what happened last episode everyone everyone's very well versed on that because they were involved in the creation of it as as much as they were in the creation of their own episode that they individually wrote and generally in the united states this is the writers room model is what they use for all tv shows am i right in saying that i think so yes i mean i'm i don't have first hand experience of working in the states myself but i believe that that's that is the best practice model that they use over there. So why is it that in um, if it's the writer's room approach, it clearly has its advantages compared to the old freelance model of writing in Australia. Why is it that in Australia it's much less common than, than in the States? That we What are the main barriers and areas of resistance to it? Probably I'd say a financial one, budgetary, because... Uh, you would in the states. I think they commonly you would find eight to ten writers in a room, and obviously those writers are dedicated to that show because they're full time employees of that show, and they they're exclusive. They don't work on other shows. So, but 
obviously if you've got, you know, eight or 10 people in the room, they're all on salary and that, that means that the budget, the writing budget for the show is much larger because you have to pay all those people. Whereas under the old freelancer method, all you paid them was a script fee and they came in and then they went away and what they got paid was their script fee. I see. So they've got a lot more money to play with in America, which makes sense. Exactly. Because bigger country, bigger audiences, bigger budgets. And I know that in on Wentworth at the moment where you're working, you guys currently use the writer's room approach. When On what TV shows did you start trying to implement this approach in Australia? The idea for it, I guess, was way back, as far back as Stingers um, in the early 2000s. I started to experiment with different ways of bringing the writers in and making them more involved in the creation of their own story and the creation of the of the series arc as a whole. But I really never successfully managed to involve everyone to the level that we do now on Wentworth. Probably the first show I, I actually had a writer's room was Sea Patrol. And over those shows, because obviously Stingers, even though you didn't manage to implement the writer's room approach as successfully as you have on Wentworth, did you find a noticeable difference over the years of that show compared to the early years versus the later years where you did um, toy with this idea a bit more? Definitely, definitely. I think the, the, the more you can involve the writers in the, in the process of creating the story and the characters for the show, I think you can, you see, you can see the results. And just in relation to Wentworth, could you take us through how the writing process would work on Wentworth in terms of the writer's room in relation to not only an episode, but also an entire season? Well, the first thing we do is we would get together and start to brainstorm some overarching series ideas. So very big picture stuff, like, you know, what what we wanted, the main focus, the big themes for the, for the series, um, you know, the main kind of character dynamics. And then we would break those down character by character and start to create sort of story pillars, what we call story pillars across the season, which involves sort of two or more characters, as many as, you know, as many as you can, really. Um, but we ma- we try to make sure that every character is serviced by, you know, at least one major story arc that becomes their character arc across the season. So everyone gets a character arc. And then on top of that, then we start to then refine the process by going deeper into the detail of individual episodes and and sort of looking at the shape of one particular episode and how that flows across the whole series arc etc and then from there we would put together a document called the season the series bible which pretty much covers all the character arcs and the individual storylines for all of the 12 episodes. And then you get down into the nitty-gritty of writing actual episodes? That's right. So the, that, that Bible then goes to the network and to the production company for their feedback, and then we have a meeting on that, and everyone talks about that original document, and so we get that is approved. And then once that document is approved, then we start to look at individual episodes and we go into the what we call the story conferencing or the plotting of the individual episodes. So we work in blocks of four episodes because there's four writers in the team. So we plot four episodes at once and then we all split up and go away and write them. And then we come back and we meet together again and we give each other feedback on, on our drafts before they, before they go out for network approval again. So you're totally right. It sounds like an extremely collaborative process. Just the fact that all the writers are there plotting the entire season together before going off and writing what everyone's done together, essentially. Exactly. 
Yeah. So the only part that's not really collaborative is the actual writing of the individual episodes, which we do by ourselves at home. But then we, even so, we come back and we give each other notes and just make sure that it's as good as it can be. And that's, it's fantastic system because we get the input of the other writers on the team as well. So four brains. And I imagine with being such a collaborative process, every writer on the ta- on in the team would bring something quite different to the table. And I'm assuming as a script producer, you'd ensure that um, you pick writers based on different skill sets and you have kind of all bases covered as well? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, I think choosing the team is one of the really key elements of a successful writer's room because you need to have people that are going to enjoy working together, um, that are going to be able to collaborate, that aren't going to butt heads and butt egos and that they're going to be able to really fire off each other. But you, you're right in saying that everyone brings a different strength to the room and you sort of look for that. You look for people who are fantastically generative with story. You look for people who've really got a handle on the characters. You look for people who write great dialogue. And so everyone has, I mean, all the team obviously can do all of those things well, but, you know, certain people have, you know, really excel in, in different areas. So you have, you get a really great balance of people. And you must have selected a very good team last year because an article I mentioned to you a few months ago in the Sydney Morning Herald, I believe they referred to Wentworth as not only the best TV show on TV in Australia at the moment, but the best TV show in the world. Do you think the writers' room is a massive part of the show's success? Oh, undoubtedly, I think it is. I think because we all enjoy working together so much and we love the show, but I also think that that a, a large part of its success is conceptual because I think it's... It's wonderfully unique that we have a show that really is all the stories are driven by very strong female characters and that's that's really something that you don't often see and it's really exciting and it's exciting for us to work on that and then we've got a fabulous cast of course who you know bring all those characters and stories to life and we've just been very blessed with great directors and fantastic cast and you know the whole the whole creative team has really worked together to to create that show so it's definitely a collaborative effort you're right it seems like one of those rare occurrences where all the stars have completely aligned from every possible angle yeah i think we've been really lucky that way and I was reading, just going back to the kind of process you outlined um, in terms of the process of writing the series and an individual episode and plotting the season, I was reading an interview with Vince Gilligan who was chatting to Vicky Madden, I believe it was, and he was shocked with the limited amount of time of around two to three days that um, Aussie writers have to plot an episode, whereas compared to something like Breaking Bad, I think he said that was about three to five weeks for a single episode. <laughs> Now, first of all, is that kind of right in terms of timeframes, those two differences? And second of all, is it massively difficult to write a TV show in that timeframe considering how much longer they have to spend in the States? Yeah, our actual plots are two days. That's right. Uh, As I mentioned to you before, when we're developing the Bible, we do spend uh, probably at least another day looking at that particular episode in broader terms. So even if you counted that part of the process, by the time you break it down, it's probably three days per episode to actually plot the thing. But I think Australian writers are used to working at that speed. I mean, historically we've, you know, we had even less time. We, you know, many, many shows were plotted in one day. And I think people are just used to working that fast. Obviously it'd be awesome to have the luxury of two weeks to plot 
an episode and clearly you know if you've got that amount of time you have the amount of, that amount of time to refine things that aren't quite working whereas we do that on the run we tend to do that on the run and you know each subsequent draft we try and refine things we refine things even post read through right up until you know the last amendments right before production we're constantly in the process of refining but if we had all that time up up front to do it clearly you know that you, you would think that it would make an even better show but we just don't have the luxury of that Speaking of all of that, I was reading in an article as well, I think it could have been Shane Brennan as well, he was saying that 90% of the work he believes should be done in the plotting stages with all the writers collaboratively because once you've nailed the plot and spent the time nailing that, the rest of the writing comes easily. Easily, Is that a statement you'd kind of agree with? Totally agree with that. And I guess that goes kind of hand in hand with what the process you're outlining where you spend all that time developing the season story and developing the storylines of each episode, so then you guys go away and you write something that you've already concretely nailed together. I mean, I think of it as that that part of the process, that early part of the process, is like creating the architectural plans for a building that you're that you only have in your imagination. But and if you can get that right, then you, you've got great foundations on which to build, and then you can create whatever other embellishments you like on top of that. But you know, if you've got a solid foundation, then yes, it's going to be much easier to build the building. Do you think that the importance of story and perhaps the entire scripting process isn't given enough credit or importance as it should in in Australia and also in the world, indeed? Probably, and I think that, you know, potentially a lot of people don't actually understand the amount of brain power that goes into creating those stories. And, you know, unless you're actually in the room and have racked your brain or, you know, over mm-hmm. those weeks and months... Um, a lot of people just don't realise how much effort goes into it. Because yeah, if the foundations of a TV show are bad, if the script's bad, then there's nothing that can save it. Not really, no. And I guess there's another quote which I'm sure you'd appreciate from Shane. I think it was that uh, he told the Australian that the producers get the money, the directors get the credit, and the writers get the blame. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Now, as well as the writer's room at Model Marcy, I thought it'd be good to discuss the showrunner model, and I know they kind of go hand in hand, but I know um, Shane Brennan in particular has been a massive advocate of bringing this to Australia. Can you take us through what someone means when they refer to a showrunner model of running a TV show? Yes, well, I think there's probably a lot of different perceptions out there, particularly in Australia, because we haven't traditionally had that model. So people's understanding of that term probably varies even from, you know, writer to writer. But what I personally understand a showrunner to be is first and foremost, somebody who's created the concept, created the original idea. So it's actually their baby. They then go on to develop that show um, and the work that, that that is then commissioned, subsequently commissioned by the network is is really their idea. And then they go on to run the show in terms of, it's their creative vision that is then communicated by them to everyone else that contributes to that collaborative process down the track. And they're generally the writers yes. of the show so as well. They're, yes, sorry, they're, they're, they're the writer. They they write the first episode at least, the pilot episode, um, and generally a lot, of, a lot of others subsequently, as many as they wish to and have time to, but they they usually set the tone in the beginning by writing the pilot. And that's, I guess, rare can, compared to the old freelance model in Australia where the writers would write a script, they'd hand it in, and other people, the directors, the producer, producers would take it, and the writers would kind of dust their hands of it and, and forget about it. Yeah, it, it, it was basically once you had delivered your 
final draft, it was taken out of your hands and, and into the hands of production and the production entity. And that was the last say you had about it. So you were just not involved in in director's meetings. Uh, you weren't involved in cast read-through rehearsals, casting. You weren't involved in uh, the cuts in the edit, uh, the network screenings, any of that part of the, any of the post-production, any of that part of the whole process. So, yeah. And the showrunner model, that's generally, that's generally applied in America, isn't it? It is, but it's, it's, it's definitely starting to, there, there definitely have been shows here that have been made under that model. An example would be uh, Shelley Burtz was the showrunner of The Code for ABC. And do you think it's starting to filter through into Australia because people are starting to see the clear benefits of the original creators and writers of the show kind of having that creative ownership and the benefits that 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 has to the particular show? I think so. I mean, I think what makes a great series is a very clear creative vision. It stands to reason that that is going to come from the writer, the person that created that vision in the first place. And, you know, if they then have the opportunity to follow their vision through to all stages of production, it's only going to benefit the show. And while that is great that it's starting to come through, is there still that bit of maybe resistance to it kind of coming through just because it's, you know, traditionally we haven't had the writer given given that much power in Australia. Do you think there is that certain level of uneasiness overall? I think any change uh, generates a bit of fear and uneasiness and I think that's probably the case here as well but I think once people realize that you know that it's all for the good of the show um, that you know why why wouldn't you adopt that why wouldn't you at least embrace the writer and the and the holder of the creative vision and and do everything you can to support them to to deliver that vision I mean after all that's what the client the network is buying and I wonder if uh, with streaming services such as Netflix and Stan and also networks like Foxtel, who are probably, you know, a better place to take advantage of these kind of models and they're doing it with the kind of shows they create, that that's kind of helping lead the charge. And I wonder as well with um, as more streaming services start to emerge that more of these showrunner models will kind of start to take place. I think so. I think with the success of a lot of those things, I mean, to me... The most interesting shows that I've seen are things that have arisen out of those those cable premium cable or streaming services because they're they're more unique voices so they they tend to make more unique programs they're not trying to appeal to a mass audience they're trying to uh, create a new one and I think that sort of that that dynamic approach to things um, has obviously shown great success because people are, you know, that's gathering momentum. Their audiences are gathering a lot of momentum. So I think, you know, people really have a hunger for things that are genuinely original and and different and challenging. And I guess looking at it, um, looking at it technically, Mars, so looking at the states where they've got the showrunner model, I know there's a difference between the executive producers, that title in America versus Australia. So in America, where they use the showrunner model generally, you see executive producer at the end on the credits. They're generally the writers and the showrunners of the TV show. But in Australia, the executive producers aren't the writers of the show. Can you elaborate a bit more on how the differences work? Yes, so you're right. The executive producers on, on, a, on an American TV show are generally the writing team, the members of the writing team. 
Um, and it's very hierarchical. There are many, many producers of various levels, producers, supervising producer, consulting producer, and executive producer. And the executive producer um, or producers at the top, one of those persons, the, usually the last person and the one that gets the creator's title is the showrunner. They don't use the term showrunner as a credit. Um, but that's, that's internally, that's how that person is referred to. That's the person that, whose creative vision it is. And they're the person that's all decisions come back to them. And I guess that's why we've got the title of the script producer in Australia, which doesn't exist in America. That's right. Well, the script producer is one of the producerial team, but their sole responsibility is the script department. And, and I think a lot of script producers have involvement um and i mean i i my personally tend to see the script producer and the series producer as a partnership and that's certainly the case on wentworth and so we work in partnership to deliver that creative vision um but traditionally script producers their sole responsibility was the script department and they didn't really have all that much to do outside of that. So on a show like Breaking Bad, when you've got the showrunner, the executive producer and showrunner, Vince Gilligan, who's got creative control and ownership of the entire TV show, it's his baby, but he's got different writers writing some of the episodes that he doesn't write, just say they're producers, they're not EPs. Um, Am I right in assuming that while they would take some creative control of those episodes, their episodes that they've written to the stages of production and shooting and things like that, that Vince Gilligan, the showrunner, would still have that overall creative control? Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing that's interesting about their system too is the writers of the individual episodes also follow their episode through the production process. So they will go to rehearsals with the director. They'll go to the table read. They will be on set during the filming of all their material and they will go to the edit. And so they will be the producer that supervises the making of that particular episode. But the showrunner is always above is always above them. So there, if there's any question that arises, you know, that, that needs to be referred up to the showrunner, then the showrunner will make the final decision. It's, they have final say over everything. So it's interesting because obviously we've, we've talked about how TV is a very collaborative process as well. And in this case, the writer has a lot more creative control. And there was another quote I was reading that, it was again from Shane Brennan from this article, uh, that TV production should not be a democratic process, that it needs to be a dictatorship with one singular vision. Obviously, it has to be collaborative, but would you agree with that statement as well? Well, I think so. Again, it goes back to who holds the creative vision for the show. And, you know, if it's if it's... If it's that particular writer's idea, then I think that they're the ones that know the answer to all these questions. Everyone else can give the the benefit of their expertise in how to realise that vision, but the vision itself rests with the creator. And with this model kind of starting to seep through into Australia and they're becoming more showrunners, is that also a bit of an adjustment for the writers in Australia, just considering, not that they don't have the skills, but just because they haven't previously done this. So is it a skill set that they're having to learn because it's not something they've previously been exposed to? I think that's that's very true. And I think that uh, anyone who's been a script producer will have a large degree of those skills because they have worked in-house and they've run script departments before and they have had that collaborative role with other heads of department and the series producer, etc. Uh, writers who've only ever worked freelance would really struggle to step in and, and have the skill set to then translate all of their vision to the rest of production, even as simply not having 
the language of communication with those people if they hadn't had any prior in-house production experience. And what are some of the main other skills that you'd have to have as a writer who's stepping in to be a showrunner? Well, basically, the, the you know the understanding of what each of the, each and every department does and how they all contribute to the making of a great show, and I think that to try and bridge that gap for the upcoming creators that haven't had production experience, I think that you know what what they do in the states is that they team them up with an experienced another experienced showrunner, and in in this case, you know, team them up with a an experienced producer. Uh, and together they've, in partnership, they've they've created the show. So it's all a learning process with support and yeah. things like that. And then obviously, you know, as they go into subsequent series, that writer-creator has learned an enormous amount, that, you know, over the course of the first series. And so they're already much more able to run their show more independently in, in second and subsequent se- seasons. Totally. And, Marcy, we've been talking about the showrunner model so much. Speaking of those American shows that have the showrunner model, what would be some of your picks of the best ones? I've loved I'd, I've loved House of Cards. I mean, I think that that would be an amazing show to work on. Oh, there's just so many. There's I, I really have enjoyed the Scandinavian dramas that have been coming through as well, and a lot of the international co-productions have been really exciting. And Mars, a lot of people knowing that I'm interviewing the script producer of Wentworth will be wanting me to ask one single question. Spoiler alert, do not listen if you have not seen season five of Wentworth. And that is, uh, is the freak actually dead? (laughs) Well, I can't tell you that because I'd have to shoot you, so. I see. Well, I guess we'll wait with bated breath. Thanks so much for your time, Mars. My pleasure. And that was our special guest, Wentworth's Marcia Gardner. You can catch the season six premiere of Wentworth on Tuesday, June 19th on Showcase and streamed on Foxtel Now. Also, season one is currently airing on ABC on Thursday nights. But for now, I'm Oleg Novak. I'll catch you next time. You're listening to Undertelly with Oleg Novak, Mount Cola's fastest growing Aussie TV podcast. <laughs>